Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I can just envision Jack Farrell running to the phone saying, wait a minute. Wait, I'm late. <laughs> that, and the reason that happened, because I did it, you were you hinted at something about Haskell's. Well, I, actually, I, <clears throat> it was a good experience. My wife and I were drinking the last bottle of our favorite wine the other night, and I told Linda one of us has to stop and get some more. And then I had the thought, well, Haskell's has this online uh, deal. Oh, yeah. And so I logged onto their website and uh, found two of our favorite wines and put six bottles each in to make a case and ordered it. And they'll even deliver it. That's right. And, uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick it up. But, uh, but I had an option to have it delivered for free. And uh, it was a really simple, easy uh, experience. And now when I go over there, it'll be quick in and out, and, and, yeah. and it's waiting for me. So it was a great experience. Well, I'll tell Jack when we talk yeah. uh, this morning. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And I'll even play his theme again. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Did you have a good week at Lloyd's? I did. Yeah, busy, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the anytime they anticipate cold weather, uh, that gets us going. So uh, that's good. Yeah, uh, we have, as I mentioned last week, I saved some text messages. Uh, folks are kind enough to send you uh, send you text messages, right? And we don't get to them; we run out of time. By the way, I should mention that again. Dan uh, will be leaving again about seven forty-five to make way for Jack Farrell. So don't wait if you have any kind of a car care question. Call it in or text it in. Same number applies. That's six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab one that came in uh, this morning. And it's multifaceted here, so bear with me. Uh, it says, uh, good morning. Vehicle question for the show. I have a uh, 2002 Silverado, 4.2 liter. Runs, drives great, but for some reason, it just, uh, just shuts off as if the key was turned off. Happens in park and driving. Have replaced fuel filter, mass airflow, battery, clean throttle valve body, new alternator about six years ago. O2 sensors have been in alarm slash code about 10 years. Uh, when this started, the O2 sensor heater code came on too. Truck can start and run any amount of time before shutting down for a few minutes to 30 minutes or more. It comes from Jeff in St. Francis. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> if it was in my, if it was in our shop, but this is a little hard for me to have any suggestion at all for you just, out, you know, from what I heard, yeah. but if it was in our bay, what we would do is put a whole bunch of test equipment on. We'd put a fuel pressure gauge on it. We'd put a spark indicator on it. We'd put a little noid light on to uh, to keep track of the fuel injectors. And uh, what we're what we're really looking for is is so when the vehicle quits and won't restart, what's missing? Is it missing fuel? Is it missing spark? Is it missing? Is the timing going off? Or uh, are we losing a major power supply? Uh, to the computer or what exactly is going on. And like uh, he said something about an O2 uh, sensor heater code. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, if the O2 sensor was, if if the power 
to the O2 sensor was shorted directly to a ground, that could certainly, you know, cause uh, a problem like mm. that. But uh, so there's way too many things that it could be. Too many variables. Too many variables. So what we would have to do is narrow it down and see what's missing when the vehicle is actually stalled. Okay. So very and, good. And, and that, that happens all the time. Does it really? Well, that's the most challenging part of our job is the word intermittently. <laughs> and it never happens when you bring and it, it in. And yeah. it never happens in the shop. It's like the doctors. Well, it, it it's not acting. I, I feel fine today, but all week I have whatever. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's way easy. If, if the car is broken, it's really easy to fix. Uh, it, it's when it won't act up that uh, that we are challenged. If you have any kind of a car care question and you need to bring your vehicle in to your favorite shop or your favorite dealer for repair, why don't you call Dan or send him a text, and uh, he can maybe do a little over-the-air analyzing and uh, tell you what he thinks might be ailing that vehicle. All right, here's some more. By the way, there's a line open if you want to uh, chat with Dan, 651-989-9226. Good morning, this one says, My power steering stopped working two days ago on my 2012 Ford Escape. I call my local mechanic for advice as I try to do uh, uh, as many of my own repairs as possible. He said if the reservoir is full and there's no signs of leaking, that it could be a bad battery. I haven't ever heard of that. And before I spend 100 150 in a new battery and it may not be the answer, I thought I would uh, ask your opinion. Yeah, we talked about this last week actually. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. I re- I heard this. I've heard this one before. Oh, okay. And uh uh power steering can either be electric or hydraulic. It can't be both. So if you have a hydraulic uh um power steering system, it absolutely is not the battery. So uh, in fact, I can't think of why it would be the battery at all. Uh, causing the power steering to fail, but at any rate, uh, uh, it's not. It's not both. It's uh, if you have a hydraulic system, don't worry about the battery. I got to read. <coughs> excuse me, a little story. <clears throat> Bob, a friend of mine uh, who listens to the show uh, said, "I forgot to tell you this. Uh, I heard a week ago, several weeks ago. I heard uh, Dan Burns share his observation on your Saturday morning show that Toyota owners don't like to let go of their cars. I remembered that." When the transmission went out on our 2001 Highlander a couple of weeks ago, we loved that car. Having bought it new, keeping up with regular maintenance, doesn't even have rust. But conventional wisdom is that putting an overhaul transmission in a car with 226,000 miles doesn't meet the cost-benefit test, so we decided to donate it and found ourselves another vehicle. Well, then, as the tow truck was en route, I started the engine one more time and was able to drive the car. I called the shop, and he, the mechanic, said, uh, try driving it the two miles to his garage, and he'd look at it. So he told the tow truck driver, hold off. Transmission mechanic found us a used transmission, three-year warranty, installed it for $5,000. we are really happy we had that last-minute change of heart. Then this morning, I heard the caller tell about his transmission going out in his Jeep Wagoneer, Dan told you he often asks his customer if you could buy this car with a good transmission for five grand, would you? And the answer is yes, it's an easy sell. So thanks to your show and Dan Burns, I avoided making a costly decision. The power of WCCO. No, good. <laughs> it's a longer story, but I had I thought it was really fitting. Yeah, uh, because uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, 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 we, you know, it, 
used to be really rare, really, really rare for us to see a, a car repair over a thousand dollars, but now it happens all oh, the yeah. time, and and uh, and it makes good sense. It's it's what you should do for sure. All right, we have callers. We've got to get to. All right, let's uh, talk to. Uh, I think let's see. John is calling from River Falls. John, what's your question, please? I have a 2017 Legacy. Uh, with a four-cylinder engine, and I'm trying to put new spark plugs in, and you have to take quite a few things apart to get down there. And I got the coil off, but there's like a rubber or plastic thing that goes over the plug, and I can't get that out. Any any ideas? <laughs> we do. We run into that. What actually what happened is part of the of the that rubber piece uh, belongs on the coil. And it was in the car for so long that it uh, it got stuck on the spark plug. So, uh, yes, I do have a suggestion. We have, and you could, in your imagination, uh, uh, imagine what you need to get in there and grab that. Uh, one thing that that uh, works quite often is to uh, take a clothes hanger and bend it so that there's a little hook on the end that will actually grab that rubber thing and the reason I, I like a clothes hanger is, or something pl- a little bit pliable like that is you can actually bend it to get it in the hole. And then when you get it in the hole, you can kind of feel around and, you, and you'll sense when you get a hold of the uh, little rubber thing and then work that rubber thing all the way around. And eventually it'll crack loose and you'll be able to pull it out of there. And then you can get the uh, get the spark plug socket in there and get the spark plug out. But that happens quite a bit, Does and it? unfortunately, on a suit, you know, on a, on many cars, it's no big deal because you can see right in there and you can deal do what or see what you're dealing with. But on a Subaru, the spark plugs point right at the fender, and you have very little room mm. uh, to to deal with it. So, a clothes hanger is the answer. That's I'm sorry <laughs> that that it's not more professional than that, but uh, but that's what we use. All right. We're good. Thank you, John. We're going to take a break, Dan. We have uh, more show to come. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive is helping you out. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in the St. Paul. Tell us exactly where, Dan. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, <clears throat> right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. Uh, Big Nick will be there this morning. Six five one two two eight one three one six. Excellent. All right. Keep in mind, Dan will be here till just about seven forty-five this morning. So if you have a car care question, call it in or text it in. Same number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go back to the phones. Ward's calling from Bloomington. Good morning, Ward. Good morning. I have a two o seven Cadillac STS. Had an engine check light come on. Replaced the valve for the canister. Took the light off, but the remote start will no longer work. It blinks, lights, horn honks, lights blink, gets to the start point, and stops. Is what could possibly cause that? Well, there's a whole bunch of things that uh, could possibly cause that. In fact, uh, this week, uh, coincidentally, I had one of those that uh, was acting up. This happened to be on a Jeep, but it's the... uh, the same idea, and on the Jeep, what was wrong was the hood latch, uh, <clears throat> the you know the hood over the engine. The hood latch has a little switch in it, and that uh, switch had 
failed. And so it thinks that the hood is ajar and, it, you know, the remote start or the remote start is disabled in, in a condition like that. So anyway, it, it could be it's it's I'm sure that it's something like that that's uh, causing the problem. You'll probably have to bring this in to get some help because you'll need to uh, get into the into the computer system for the remote start and see if there's a code stored in there uh, that that would make it easy. Then we could uh, go right to that component and check it out. Uh, if there's not, then we'd have to go through the process and diagnose it and and figure out what's uh, causing the remote start uh, to not be happy and to uh, you know to abort in the middle of the of the starting process. All right, thank you, Ward. Appreciate it. Let's go to Golden Valley. I think Miller's there with a question. Good morning, Miller. What's, what is your question? Good morning. How are you? Great, thanks. Um, I, I'm going to be going south for uh, about three weeks, and I was wondering if I have to leave my vehicle in the garage. Is there anything I should do to that for that short period? Should I take the battery out or anything? I don't think for three weeks. I think it'll be just fine. Uh, uh, I have a car out in Colorado that I leave in in uh, at the park and ride. Uh, in fact, last time I left it, remember, Denny, I told yeah. you I was nervous because I was leaving it for seven weeks. Uh, but uh, it started right up and it was just fine. So, uh, no, I think for I think for three weeks, that's not that long a time. And if you have a good, strong battery, uh, it should be just fine. One thing that I would warn you <clears throat> when you come back, uh, don't leave the car till the last minute when you have to go somewhere, yeah. uh, give yourself a, a little room for some trouble because uh, you just don't know. Uh, if everything is working properly, it'll start right up and be just fine. If, however, your battery's a little worn out or, or something like that, then, uh, then you'll need to deal with it. But, but uh, if uh, on a good working car, leaving it for three weeks is just fine. And it's indoor. It's That's in a correct, garage. Yeah. So. All right. Have fun, Miller. Thank you. Uh, text says, uh, 2018 Ford Escape auto stop-start feature never turns off engine at a stop. Have you ever heard of anything regarding this issue? I have. And, uh, you know, certain parameters need to be met in order for the car to actually shut off uh, uh, at a stop sign. In other words, the engine needs to be up, up to, oper- up to op- proper operating temperature. Uh, and if the weather is too cold outside, I've noticed on my wife's car, that uh, it never does shut off. It's it's just in order to keep the engine up to operating temperature and to keep the heater in the car and all of that oh. working, it it uh, it keeps it keeps the car running at a stoplight. And so, to answer your question, if if any of those parameters aren't getting met, if the engines, uh, you know, if the thermostat's not working quite right and it's not causing the engine to get up to a proper operating temperature or something like that, or if one of the sensors isn't reading quite correctly, then that'll cause it not to shut off at a stop sign. Okay. Here's a text. Oh, yeah. A 1992 Camry 2.2 four-cylinder with 356,000 miles, owned since new. One of the rear wheel bearings is starting to make some noise. Would you advise replacing both at the same time? I don't. I, don't. I mean, don't. we don't sell them that way. Oh, okay. Uh, if if it makes you feel better, uh, go ahead. But especially with three hundred and fifty six thousand miles, uh, you never know. <laughs> you know, you, you never know uh, what's going to happen, and uh, any day might be the last day. So 
when a vehicle gets to be that age with that kind of mileage, I take a more conservative approach and fix what's broken, uh, fix it promptly, and fix everything that's broken. But uh, but I get I I get out of the preventative maintenance phase just a little bit because you just never know what's going to go on. Well, that high mileage, right? Too, yeah. yeah. Dan, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. Advising our listeners, Dan will be here for about another, ooh, 15, 18 minutes or so. So if you have a car care question, car, truck, van, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CISO's Car Care Show. Danny all here with ASE Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, answering your questions by phone and by text. And we have both, Dan. So let's uh, get back to it. Uh, I think Al's calling from, uh, where are you calling from, Al? From Grant. Where's Grant? That's between White Bear Lake and Stillwater. Oh, of course. Right on the Highway 96. Absolutely. Uh, what's, what's your question this morning? Well, first off, I listen to the show every single week. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. Glad you're there. Um, I have a 2014 Toyota FJ Cruiser, 55,000 miles, and I've been noticing a growl. Uh, starting at about 40 miles an hour, and if I get up to 60 or so, then I can't hear it, maybe too much road noise and everything, but it seems to come from the front end, and I'm wondering if it's a wheel bearing or heat shield or something. Yeah, I think it probably is a wheel bearing. That's quite common, and next time you're hearing the noise, tip the steering wheel just a little bit to the left, and a little bit to the right, go back and forth just a little bit, stay in your lane, but right. uh, but change the weight of the car. And as the weight of the car changes on the wheel bearing, if you notice that the sound changes, uh, then you can be pretty confident that it is a wheel bearing and take it in and have it professionally inspected. But uh, but that's, that's the road test for uh, a wheel bearing sound for us. <laughs> Is it unusual for a wheel bearing to go out with only 55,000 miles? Um, it's a little early, but we certainly have done them uh, at, the, at that uh, mileage. Uh, so I would say no. I would, not, I would certainly not eliminate it from the list. Now, the other thing that can cause growling is if you have a little bit more aggressive tire and if the tires have started to cup a little bit. And it sounds just the same. We get confused with this when we're on a test drive because what sounds exactly like a wheel bearing uh, turns out to be a tire that's all cupped. And okay, the, the tires only have about uh, 15,000 miles. Yeah, so it's probably not that, although it okay. still could be. They can cup pretty quickly. <laughs> so ru- right. rub your hand across it and see if you feel any you know, roughness uh, to the tires or look at them closely with a flashlight. Okay. And, uh, and check the pattern on the tires. But otherwise, it's probably the wheel bearing. That's the most common thing. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, Al. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's see. Denise is calling from Minnetonka, I believe, this morning. Hi, Denise. Yes, good morning. Hi, thank you. I have a 2005 Honda Civic. My um, airbag light has been on in my car for, I'd say, about a month. Um, I have... My vehicle is not affected by the Takata airbag recall. I searched by VIN number online. Um, just under 180,000 miles. I have a call into the dealer, but I haven't heard back. Mm-hmm. Um, wondering, is that something for someone other than a dealer to look at, or what do you recommend? Well, we, we certainly can fix it. Any shop can certainly fix that. Uh, okay. I'll tell you that two, two of the most common <clears throat> problems when it comes to uh, airbag is 
um, the, the a sensor out in front of the vehicle, the crash sensor we call them, and, and uh, they sometimes get uh, because they're out, you know, out in front of the vehicle, they get all all the uh, da- corrosion and and abuse from the weather. And then the other one is uh, the seatbelt receiver. When you plug in your seatbelt, the uh, mm-hmm. there's a switch in there, and that switch fails. And either okay. of those things will turn on the light. Uh, be comfortable to know that as long as the airbag light is on, the airbags will not deploy. In other words, oh, okay. the, the system is disabled. Well, you'd be either be comfortable or don't be comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it, they, they won't uh, deploy when they're not supposed to. Uh, so that's, that's good to know. Uh, so in the meantime, okay. it's safe. But uh, no, you can take that anywhere. Everybody's very familiar with the airbag system and can fix that for you. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks, Denise. I wonder if we have a, re- a, a related question from Jean in Eden Prairie. Jean, what is your question? Yes, hi. I took my 2011 Jeep Grand Cherokee in because the uh, airbag light was on, mm-hmm. and they inspected it and its internal failure, and uh, they said they are not able to fix it because Chrysler quit making the parts for the uh, straps and wires. And so anyway, I took it farther and talked to customer care at Chrysler, and they had the same answer. My car cannot be fixed. Well, I don't, I've never heard that. Uh, okay. I, I wonder if if it can't be fixed or if they're not willing to fix it. Uh, if <laughs> yes, that, go ahead. Yeah, if it's a wire problem or a connection problem or um, the... I don't know if we would have to get a, a connector out of a, or a wire out of a used vehicle and splice it in or something like that. And maybe the dealership is just not willing to do that. Um, and maybe anybody would be hesitant to do that because it's, uh, you know, a safety issue. But I just can't believe I've, – I've never found one that we couldn't fix. So uh, I guess my suggestion would to you would be try the aftermarket and see if uh, – if somebody else can do some diagnostics on it and see if it uh, can't be fixed, and not only that, it's only a 2011. Yeah. They can't just they can't stop making parts. That's that's a pretty new vehicle. It still yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, try the aftermarket and see if they can't help you. Okay, very good. So what's this? Uh, the stories I've been hearing about stolen catalytic converters. What's fill me in? Well, WCCO TV was over this yesterday at Lloyd's. And, yeah, and we we did a. a News uh, story about story that. on it, and and um, what's happening is <clears throat> the thieves are finding out that there's a value at the scrapyards if they can get the catalytic converter off your car, and so uh, <clears throat> what they've been doing is you know finding cars that, that finding cars that they have that they can get access to. They jack the car up a little bit, get underneath the car with a Sawzall, you know, a battery-operated Sawzall, and cut the uh, catalytic converter out and take it and scrap it and sell it. like Much like the copper, you know, when they steal copper sure. uh, plumbing out of homes and things like that, but it's the same sort of deal. And uh, the sad news is they get a few bucks for turning in the catalytic converter for selling it for scrap. But, uh, you know, it oftentimes costs a thousand or more dollars to do the repairs after they've sawed yeah. through everything and, and, uh, and then replace it. So 
it's bad news. And <clears throat> on the show, they are on the uh, news thing. They asked, well, what you know, what can you do to prevent it? And uh, be careful where you park, I guess. Yeah. Park, you know, park where it's well lit and and well traveled and and uh, things like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's sad and and it's common. We're I bet we're doing. I bet we're fixing one a week at Lloyd's. Is uh, that right? right? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So watch your car, and if you <clears throat> see somebody lingering or you know looking around your car or whatever, uh, be be on high alert that uh, that this is going on. Yeah. Neighborhood watch kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. Neighborhood watch. Yeah. If you see somebody crawling underneath somebody else's car, call the police. Yeah, especially if the guy's got a jack. <laughs> or a sawzall. <laughs> or a sawzall. If somebody's walking yeah. down the street with a sawzall, that's a bad sign. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. It's a thief. All right. Uh, let's see here. I've got a bunch of text messages, and obviously we're not going to get through all of them, so I'll save yet some more. And when you and I uh, talk next week, okay? Sounds good. Uh, good morning. Says have a 2012 Toyota Camry hybrid that sits pretty low. Snow fills up in the wheel wells so much that the built-up snow rubs on the tires. Uh, the snow packs in there, and I have to chisel it out. Any thoughts on how to prevent that? Well, it, it, it um, moves south. <laughs> it okay. it happens. It is it is what it is. And uh, in our business, when the weather gets like that. You know, I bring those cars into my bay, and all of that snow and slop drips on me the whole time that I'm that I'm uh, working on the car, and it's just torture. It's it's a uh, uh, it's a hard thing to deal with, and there is no good solution. It's it just know that it's not hurting anything. The tire is fully capable of you know uh, rubbing the ice away far enough for it to be out of its way and it doesn't wear anything or hurt oh, it, anything. it doesn't so, huh? no, it's just there and and uh, other than annoying you uh, it's not hurting anything well i'll tell you what we have uh less than 60 seconds to go here and for those uh, folks uh, you're gonna come we'll, we'll do another show next week sounds good we'll, you bet. Uh, how do we get in touch with lloyd's well give us a call we're at 651-228-1316 you can find us on the uh web at lloydsautomotive.net l-l-o-y-d-s automotive.net um uh what did i say and then give us a call yeah you're open today now we are call nick who was actually just texting me and asking me to bring him coffee so (laughs) (laughs) you you gotta keep nick happy yeah call nick he'll be happy with his coffee six five one two two eight one three one six. Talk to you next week, Dan. Sounds good. Thanks very much. Dan Burns, ASE certified technician from Lloyd's Automotive. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.